Hello and welcome to the Promotion Playbook Podcast. This is your go-to resource if you're an experienced firefighter or first responder and you're looking for a way to create the best stories, to implement the best strategies, and then to apply and master the skill set necessary for you to soar through your promotional test and to go on to do well in the position. So we offer a ton of resources here. If you haven't got the book, go to Amazon and buy The Promotion Playbook. You can also find out more resources on promotionplaybook.com. We also have a Facebook and a YouTube channel. And through this, you can have interviews, and I'm going to continue to give uh, fresh and updated content. I look forward to being your guide on this path to your promotional test success, and I look forward to hearing about your success. Now we'll get into the episode. Welcome to another recording on the Promotion Playbook podcast. So I'm excited to share with you the content today is called Step into the arena. And what you can expect for the next several weeks is I'm going to be going through the content of the promotion playbook from the start to the finish. The goal is that in the end, I'm going to have an audiobook version for those of you that, that aren't big into reading. I love to read, but a lot of times I get busy and I do a lot of audiobooks. So the next step the next evolution of this process is I'm going to turn the content of the promotion playbook into an audio format, and then it'll be available to go along with the book. As a podcast listener, you'll be able to listen to this content as it comes out. And so it's going to be raw and unrefined, yet beneficial if you apply what we're covering here. In addition to that, we're going to keep doing the interviews, and I've got some interviews scheduled you'll be able to hear other voices and other perspectives in addition to that. I want to emphasize the importance of seeking the best counsel. I'm here to help you with a lot of things in terms of mindset, strategy, skill set, but there's a lot of other great content out there also, and I plan to share that with you too. So this, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to queue up the recording as I read the background portion of the book, which kind of gives you my background and how the promotion playbook came about and what inspired me to share, to create a book that shares my, my past failures. So it's basically, so I read it and I'm going to cue that up. So I'm just doing this introduction here to kind of, I want to cue you up for the right things to listen for and just so you have an idea of what's going on. And if you have the book, you can read along with it or you can follow it. It pretty much, it follows it for the most part, word for word, the audio part of it. And I'm going to have my goal right now is to get a narrator that's going to help me with the story part of the book. And then I'm going to record the tools and the, and the practical piece of it. So step into the arena, we talk about, it talks about being willing to face the criticism and test anyway. There's two parts of, there's two forms that this criticism is going to show up is you're going to have the outside people that are going to, you're going to have people, whenever you stick your head above water, people are going to start talking. There's always going to be critics. Even if you have the best message in the world, there's people that are going to see it differently. And instead of having a, a direct conversation with you, they, there's a good chance they're going to, there's going to be gossip and people are going to say things that can be hurtful. It's important to understand that's a normal part of growth. Anytime you stick your head above water, you can expect criticism to show up. Criticism from the outside and 
criticism from within. Some of the loudest voices, the greatest criticism that you're going to face is what comes from, from between your two ears. A lot of times you're your worst critic and uh, harder on yourself than anybody else. Sometimes that can be helpful. A lot of times it's harmful. So going into the book, I want you to understand that's going to be part of the process. I share my own experience is that I started off my career. I was young. I was ambitious. I was focused on the career. And when I started the career, I didn't have, a, I was single. I didn't have a family or, or wife or kids. And the fire service career was, a, it consumed most of my life getting into it. It, it took majority of my time and energy and effort. And I didn't prioritize starting my family. I didn't prioritize a lot of other things in life. For my first few years in the fire service, it was most of my life centered around working as many shifts as possible, getting the training, getting the experience. And so I started off with this desire to succeed. And I was single and ambitious. And I went through a number of tests that I talk about. And I screwed up a number of tests. I didn't do very well. And I didn't do as well as I would like to do. So I hit this setback and this failure. And I spent a number of years. Uh, it really, it was a humbling experience. And it was a painful experience. And it was a learning experience. So I not only had some failed things in my work life, but also my first marriage was a complete disaster. And I've had a lot of other adversity and challenges that came up in the progression of my promotion. It ends up, I end up getting this successful promotion. And the key distinction I wanted to make is that my promotion that worked well for me in 2016 was the focus was totally different as I had the shift in perspective is that it's not about me. It's about others. And it's about those that I can help those that I've been called to help those that I can serve. And when I shift, I shifted my focus towards me winning, me being successful, me doing well and switched it to how can I serve others? How can I do this process so that it can benefit others. And it was a total mindset shift for me. Still a ton of sacrifice of time, of energy and effort. But the change in this why was a huge distinction. So if nothing else from this episode, if you have doubts, if you're insecure about testing, if you lack the confidence of stepping into that next move for you, Realize that that's normal, and if you're feeling insecure, there's a good possibility that you're making yourself, your focus is on you and not on those that you've been called to serve. If you can shift that focus outward and focus on the needs, the wants, the desires, the challenges, the objectives, the goals of other people, of your peers, of your supervisors, of the people that report to you, of... Uh, your family, of your friends, of the community, if you focus outward and look out at how you can serve them in that position, it's really going to help you change and to grow and to have a better perspective. Now, I can't say that I've completely arrived. I still have moments of doubt and insecurity and the criticism gets to me and all that. But, but um, most of the time, uh, whenever you're feeling insecure, it's oftentimes a symptom of misplaced focus. You're focusing on you 
or your perspective of you, who you think you are, and not looking outward. If you focus on those around you and be present to the challenges and the needs and the objectives of others, this shift of focus is really important to have. And in order to do that, you have to be okay with the criticism. So focus outward, look at the needs of those that you're called to serve, because when you get criticized, there's a good chance that maybe those that are criticizing you are not the ones that you've been called to serve. Maybe they are. A lot of times a complaint is merely a request for something. When somebody complains, they're merely requesting something. And other times people just complain because they want to they want to talk about other people. So um, focus on those that you're called to serve and don't get distracted by the others. So I'm going to read The Man in the Arena and then I'll queue up the background and you can listen to the audio version of this section, this initial section in the promotion playbook. And if all goes according to plan, then I'll have a narrator that picks up the story in the promotion playbook about Jake's journey, the seven strategies, and then I'm going to take the role of Captain Tim in the book, who is the mentor for Jake. And I'm going to start teaching you these uh, skills and strategies. And I'm going to do them as a screen share so that you can actually see them and listen to it. But then also I'll have the, the audio and video in a course so that you can also see how to do this. The promotion playbook is not perfect, but it does provide a path an imperfect path. And if you do the work, I guarantee it's going to dramatically increase your chance of promotion uh, by setting you up with the best strategy and develop the best skill sets and help you to create the best stories. The man in the arena. There's a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, but because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spins himself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So don't be with those cold and timid souls who sit around and talk crap about all the other people who are testing, who are sitting out and, and spreading gossip and uh, bantering and going around. It's oh, if, if you're a person that likes to banter, that's fine. I think we all do to an extent but don't allow it to get to you. Just realize it's part of the process. And if someone is not relevant towards your test, then don't listen to their counsel. A big piece of this is realizing that you're, you choose, you have to be selective on the counsel that you choose to listen to and choosing the best uh, 
the best peers, the best support, the best mentors, and getting advice from those who know the path, who are successful, who believe in you, who see the best in you, and not the critics who try to take you down. That applies to the outside, but it also applies to the inside because oftentimes the voice within our own heads is the most critical and the most condemning. So pay attention to these uh, these voices that try to, to take you out and don't take counsel of your fears. Believe, uh, choose your thoughts wisely and choose your counsel wisely. Okay, so that's it. So the next is the audio. So I wish you the best of luck and I appreciate for listening. Uh, I appreciate you listening to this. Stay in touch and you can find out the, the oral board prep toolkit on the promotionplaybook.com. You can buy the book on Amazon. And if you subscribe to this, we'll continue to offer content to best equip you for your promotion and your growth. Thank you. Background and overview. It was the fall of 2015. I was on shift at Sedona Fire District, station number four, located in uptown Sedona. This Arizona town is known for its expansive views of Sedona's red rocks, some of the world's best natural beauty. And while the views were great, this station was old, run down, and it had a musty odor. My crew there was my second family. Even though the station had seen better days, we took pride in making it our home. There was nothing particularly remarkable about that fall morning. We spent it in the gym having a bench press competition. And with my history of playing college football, I was strong and I could beat most people in the department when it came to lifting weights. Yet, that morning, I got beat. I have to admit it, I didn't take it very well. After the workout, we saw who could drink their protein shakes the fastest before we got into making lunch. And yet again, I lost. I not only lost the bench press that day, but was unable to eat the most fish tacos at lunch also. Everything on that crew was a competition. But that day, the sting of defeat lingered. I couldn't figure out why I felt so off my game. While most of my crew went to the recliners for a little downtime after lunch, I brewed up a fresh pot of coffee, and I reluctantly went down to the captain's office for my annual review. I didn't know it at the time, but this conversation would change my whole trajectory as a firefighter. This annual review is usually followed by a pay increase, but for the last five years, I had been at the top of our pay scale as a firefighter paramedic, and even though I had a great review, it didn't carry any financial incentives. And that day I felt it. Money was not my primary motivation, but it does matter. And it was kind of hard to get a good review and then a pat on the back, but then you're at the top of the pay scale, so there was no, there was no raise or anything like that. And so during this conversation, the possibility of me testing for the position of captain came up. I liked the idea, yet there was a feeling of anxiety that overcame me. The move to company officer seemed overwhelming. It wasn't because of my inexperience. I met all the, the minimum requirements to test. I had over 13 years of experience in the fire service. I had multiple degrees from universities. I was a, a faculty member at the University of Arizona 
CPR University team. I helped train an international audience and spoke at large conferences around the world, including Fire Rescue International, the EMS World Expo, and the Emergency Cardiovascular Care Update. I'd been a medic for over 10 years, and I was a senior member on our technical rescue team, among some other roles sprinkled throughout. I was also active in the community, and at the time I was the treasurer for our local firefighters charity. So I had the experience and I was committed to the position and to the department, yet I still felt like I had a lot more to learn. I felt confident in many areas, but in the dark with many others. I thought to myself, who am I to lead these firefighters? My captain believed in me despite these internal reservations that I had. He held me to a higher standard and encouraged me to test in the upcoming opportunity, even though he could see that I was hesitant. In that meeting, I made a commitment to give it my best, largely because of his confidence in me. Do you have someone in your life that believes in you more than you believe in yourself? I didn't feel confident myself. And it wasn't because I had lost competitions earlier that morning. Or maybe it partially was. Maybe it was all tied together. The truth was, I was afraid. I had doubts. I did not feel good enough for the position. But my captain believed in me. So I decided to go for it anyway. Despite my fears, I set my fears aside and I made a commitment to test. Even then, the first several weeks after making this commitment, I struggled to find a solid reason why I wanted to promote. It wasn't just for the money, although it did play a factor. It wasn't to escape my crew. I had a great spot already. I knew I'd do a good job at the position, yet part of me wasn't convinced that it was the best move for me. I was hesitating, and without even realizing that I knew why, I knew why. You see, this would not be my first go at promotion. I had scars from the past promotional test that still lingered within me anytime I thought about taking a promotional test. And I don't mean that these are physical scars that others could see, because maybe if my captain could see my failures with previous tests, my faults, my insecurities, Maybe he wouldn't have so much confidence in me. It was this story that was going through my mind. See, I had this story that if he could see my failures, my past, my insecurities, maybe he wouldn't be so confident in backing me for this position, for this test. So the promotion chain of command that existed at the time of this story was that when it came to promotion at Sonora Fire at that time, the chain of command is similar to many fire departments. You go from firefighter and then you go to engineer or driver operator, and then you go to captain, and then you go to battalion chief. You can be a firefighter medic, but it doesn't necessarily move up the chain of command. And it's recommended to hold the engineer position before a captain, but it's not required. So it is common to go from firefighter to captain, and then you can go up uh, from there. So here's my track record moving up this chain of command to date, so at the time of the story. So engineer test, Number one was back in November 2008. I didn't even show up for this test. I didn't even take this test. I recently finished medic school. 
I didn't think I had enough time to prepare. The housing bubble crash didn't help my focus either, along with a few challenges in my personal life that year. Later, I came to regret this decision as my peers from my firefighter academy promoted ahead of me. Um, what's not in the book is I also got married and divorced, I think it was that same year, and uh, got the first marriage under the belt. So there were some other challenges that year, I think it was 2008, 2009, um, that could have gone better. Captain test number one. So this is April 2010. I went for the test, I took it, and I failed it. I figured I would just skip the engineer position, but I didn't even have, uh, I didn't even make the list. I thought it'd be good to test for the experience. Great idea. Nope. Bad idea. Testing only for experience, quote, quote, only for experience, end quote, often leads to an experience of losing. I saw more peers pass me up and ended up working for a few of them. Some of my peers that I went through the academy with getting hired on. It was a, a blow to my already wavering confidence level. Engineer test number two. This is February 2011. Passed, but I didn't get promoted off that list. You see, I ran over too many cones during the driving course. Ended up placing number six on the list. And I even got beat by a guy who sucked up a tennis ball into the strainer on the engine on a drafting evolution because he didn't put a strainer at the end of the suction hose. <laughs> That's kind of a funny story. You got a tennis ball right on the intake of the engine uh, stuck there. And he still got higher than me. And I think he got... I'm not sure. I think he got promoted. Despite all this, I did move up to engineer several times over the next three years, and I did gain valuable experience, yet um, I didn't get promoted off of that list. So here comes engineer test number three, was in October 2014, and I did pass that, and I am proud of that test. I did apply a lot of the concepts that you'll find in the promotion playbook, is that I, I, I committed to this, and I, I surrounded myself with good peers and mentors, and a lot of things worked for that test. I didn't, the one thing that I, that I didn't do well on this test is I came within a couple points of failing the written test. And at the time of that test, the written was a pass fail. And so if you didn't pass the written, you didn't move on in the test. And I barely scraped by that test. And that written test was like 25% of the total score. So I, I got slaughtered in the written test, but I barely passed the written test and then I came through and I got the highest score on the practical test and overcame a significant deficit, ended up number three on that list. And the person that I, I studied with got number one. So this is big progress because my, my, um, my, my partner that I teamed up with and studied with and trained with, he got number one. So that's progress. And I'm proud that I gave it an effort. And so back to the story right now in the book is that the test I was preparing for is captain test number two. You can see how this record would not give me the highest confidence. I was next up for an engineer promotion that would likely happen this year, and I was comfortable in that role. I still had a lot to learn, but I felt good as an engineer. While I committed to doing this test, I had my doubts, and my self-doubt would often be referenced among my peers who didn't see me in the best of light. I got along with most people in the organization, but also had my share of critics. While the critics rarely had any constructive criticism to give me directly, they would enjoy talking shit around the table in my absence. So kind of a saying is, uh, you know, there's 
Banter is common in the culture of the fire service, and sometimes it's good to create community. Other times it, it, can, be, uh, it can be hurtful or harmful towards others. And so, uh, you know, this is some of the, the banter that I would perceive going on, whether it really happened or not. But here's some of the, you know, here's some of the talks that I would anticipate as the department finds out I'm going to test for captain. Uh-oh, Wells is testing again. They had banter among themselves. That guy sucks at testing. Did you ever hear about him scratching the engine last week? Have you noticed how he talks funny? I couldn't stand hearing that voice as my captain. I was on a call where he screwed up, dot, 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 dot. The banter continued until the conversation would shift to hunting, guns, sports, food, politics, or maybe the next person taking the promotional test. Which leads us to the man in the arena. So why read this playbook? Because I've been there and I've discovered that when you commit to a testing process, people will begin to talk for better or worse. There are rules you can follow instead of getting sucked into the drama of other people's opinions, which I'll go over in a moment. For now, know that rarely does gossip have anything to do with you. Most gossip stems from people's own insecurities projecting outward. And it's also helpful to remember that you probably gossip on your own. None of us are, are, are perfect and none of us are free of this. So if you happen to be the topic of that gossip, having this thick skin can be helpful and understanding it's not about you. It's essential to understand that no matter how prepared you are, there will always be someone with an opinion. The negative feedback will always be tough. Positive feedback can sometimes be more deceptive than the negative because it may overinflate your ego. The following quote from Theodore Roosevelt helped me put this criticism into perspective. <clears throat> this is the quote, The Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who know the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end of triumph of who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at worst if he fails at least he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never need be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory or defeat again that's theodore roosevelt you can look it up the man in the arena it's a, a positive or a, a popular quote. So while these external criticism is harsh, my head's voice is the worst and it's often the most difficult to overcome. So there's people that are going to criticize and talk about you if you're going to test, but most likely the largest critic is going to come from within. Here's just some of the, the, the insecurities and stuff that I had to deal with uh, when, I, when I went to promote. You're just going to fail again. Why can't I just be happy where I am? 
I don't have the time for this promotion. I don't have the experience for this promotion. I can't bite beat that guy. Why even try? And then all this, all these other, all this other internal dialogue would happen. Monologues and dialogues tends to happen when you go for something beyond your comfort zone. So for me, here's the game changer. So during this time, I was out walking in the neighborhood park with my wife, Faith. It was a warm, sunny day, and it felt good to have the day off work. She's my best friend, so I was sharing my stress, concerns, worries, fears, and doubts with her. I told her all these concerns that were coming up for me, and I began to doubt my commitment to doing this test. As we're walking, that moment, I'm sitting there going on about how worried, how I have these insecurities, and she stops walking. She grabs my hand. She looks directly into my eyes, and she said, Joshua, this is not about you. From her tone to her intense gaze at me, she had my complete attention. She said, I need you to rise up and be the leader that God has called you to be. She continued, there are thousands of men and women just like you who are afraid to step into their best. She saw more in me than I saw in myself. That may be where you are right now and the reason you're reading this book. I can see more in you than you can see in yourself. And as you continue to read on, you'll discover why. You must do this, my wife Faith emphasized regarding my testing, but her tone also meant much more. She said, you must pave a path for others to follow. Her words pierced my heart and tears began to well into my eyes. I would usually suppress this emotion, but in her presence, I had nowhere to hide. It was like she had just reached into my soul and slapped it in the face that I wasn't, um, and slapped it in the face that I wasn't open enough to see the bigger picture. This process was never about me. It never was. There is a bigger purpose, and this test was challenging me to step into this purpose. That was the moment that changed everything for me, a true game changer. My captain gave me the push that I needed to commit to the test, but my wife gave me the reason why. Discovering that this wasn't just about me was the moment that I found my why. From that point forward, I committed to finding a path for others to follow you. I'll tell you the results of this test in a moment, but my commitment didn't come from a desire to please my captain or redeem myself from previous scars I had received. I did it for my wife, I did it for my kids, I did it for my brothers and sisters committed to doing their best as first responders. I dedicated all my time, money, and effort to create a proven path to the quote, promised land of promotion, end quote. Not just the one test. During this path, I discovered that life was filled with a series of tests. I screwed up a lot of things, but I also found many things that worked. Much of this book is what I learned and developed in preparation for the captain's test in 2016. I surrounded myself with the best mentors. I teamed up with my accountability brother and we studied like crazy. I did the work every single day leading up to the assessment center. And captain test number two was victory. I tested number one on that list and it was a huge sense of accomplishment for me 
and for those others around me. This is one of the proudest moments of my life. I enjoyed the victory of number one and enjoy the joy that it brought to my family. I would not have done it without my family, peers, mentors, and that's when it became time to pay it forward. Since promoting, I have helped many others do the same. I really enjoyed my promotion, yet my greatest fulfillment has come from helping others get the same results that I experienced. The Promotion Playbook is a guide to help first responders develop the confidence and earn the badge. This confidence comes as a result of doing the work. The confidence comes as a result of doing the necessary work. There is always more to a promotion than just a pay raise. A successful promotion not only benefits the person getting promoted, it also brings inspiration to their friends, families. What you do in this job will echo in your legacy. Your family will look up to what you accomplished and what you gave during your service. What we get is temporary. What we give is eternal. Over the course of my career, I've gone to extremes to find out what works and what doesn't work. I've completed over 10,000 hours of training in fire and emergency management, along with a variety of other areas. Over the last decade, I've invested over $100,000 on trainings, books, videos, seminar, educational experiences, college degrees. Some of them were life-changing. Some of them were terrible. This book is a culmination of all the things that worked for me in the promotional test and in life. This book represents the essence of the proven strategies that can work in all areas of life. As mentioned earlier, I attained multiple degrees. They are, I've got an associate's degree in fire science, an associate's degree in emergency medicine, a bachelor's degree from Northern Arizona University, and some of my fire service credentials include paramedic, rope rescue technician, swift water rescue technician, ACLS instructor, blue card certification, along with some others. As a facilitator through the company, the Arbinger Institute, I've trained all of Sedona Fire District along with other organizations on these principles of having an outward mindset. I've walked over hot burning coals and stayed up for nearly four days straight at an Anthony Robbins Unleash the Power Within event, and then went on to work as a paramedic for his team at various trainings all across the United States at these large events that would hold a few thousand people going through these, these long, in, intense workshops. I've endured sitting in a classroom for hours on end, having these heartfelt discussions in landmark education that offers courses on leadership and development. Their main course is called the Landmark Forum, and that was a real uh, pivotal training for me early in my career called the Landmark Forum. I've been yelled at and endured 30 days of extreme hazing, followed by four days of an in-person experience called Warrior Week under lead trainer Sam Falsafi from the Wake Up Warrior program. It was founded by Garrett J. White. I swam in 38 degrees ice cold water through training with Wim Hof. I've completed a full Ironman, which is 140.6 miles. I completed a 52-mile ultramarathon known as the Cold Water Rumble at the time of this book. And then since writing the book, I've gone on to complete the 100-mile run called the Cold Water Rumble, applying these seven strategies and then a different set of four skills 
and I completed the 100-mile ultramarathon in less than 32 hours. The promotion playbook is designed, so I don't say that to brag, or um, I share that to just say that these seven strategies can be applied to any of the four areas of life, your faith, your family, your finance, or your fitness. The promotion playbook is designed for first responders, especially firefighters, but it is also designed for living life to your fullest potential. I'm proud of these accomplishments, yet my greatest test and training has been on the home front. These strategies and tools have helped me not only at the fire department and in my physical training, they've helped me strive in raising three kids and at the time of the book celebrating 10-year wedding anniversary with my wife Faith, that was in 2020. We're still happily married at the time of this audiobook. Even with all this training, there are still areas in my life that are a complete disaster. I've not, I have not arrived and I continue learning every day. This book is a continuation of this quest and is designed to be a living, breathing document that will continue to evolve over time. So the proven path, you never arrive. It's designed that these seven strategies and the four skills and your ability to tell stories is something that you can, you can live it and you can, you can learn it, you can live it and you can lead it so that you can go on and constantly practice. It's not something that you arrive at. What I can say with absolute certainty that is if you follow the strategies and the skills in this book, you will significantly increase your odds of a successful promotion. These are proven strategies that produce results if, it's capital if, I-F, if you do the work. These strategies only work when you do the work. I created the playbook because the fire service needs great men and women to rise up and claim their crowns. It's all too common to get lost in the minutiae of daily shift work. It's all too easy to drift into shallow conversations of pensions, PR problems, gossip, and petty trials that can take away from the purpose and calling that has brought you to this career. If you're looking to coast through your career only to collect a pension at the end, for doing the least amount of work possible, this book is not for you. This book is for you if you're committed to giving yourself, giving your best to yourself, your family, and your community. This can be your path to the promised land of promotion, but only if you're willing to do the work to get there. You are here for a bigger purpose and a bigger reason than the good benefits and a pension. You were called to lead in this profession, in your home, and your community. The purpose of this book is not only to prepare for an assessment center, but these tools will definitely help with that. The objective is to help you develop into the best version of yourself, regardless of what you're doing. Success in the assessment center is only one reflection of the many uh, growths that you'll find in the promotion playbook. That being said, everything in this book is about your promotion. It's about having a, an obsessive single focus on your promotional test. If you don't succeed in the assessment center, you won't be able to grow and develop in the position of leadership that you've been called into. If you aspire to promote but have doubts, you're not alone. Like you, I had doubts about myself in the position, and there are still moments in this job that terrify me. This book stands as a beacon of light 
to help you navigate the stormy waters of a promotional testing process and then go on and navigate the position or the career or the challenge or the objective that you're looking to meet. I've learned how to be successful in an assessment center and more importantly, how to help others do the same. You will see in the testimonials of this book, several people who have been successfully promoted by following the steps in this book and many since the book has been published. I look forward to sharing your victory. And this ends with a quote, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's from Matthew 5, 14 through 16. So I look forward to your journey. You can find out more resources by continuing the audiobook and doing the exercises as part of it. We also have other resources of promotionplaybook.com and the Promotion Playbook podcast to help assist you on this journey. I wish you the best of, best of luck. God bless.